0: Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire and empower you. If you have a Bible, we're gonna go to the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this evening. We're in week two of a series that we've been launching into last Sunday morning entitled, Let's Talk About It. And we're talking about the power of our relationships. And last week, what we established is that the quality of our lives is gonna be determined by the quality of our relationships. The quality of our lives is gonna be determined by the quality of our relationships. Guys, we better get that straight right up front at the beginning of the journey of our lives because at the end of the day, how horrible would it be if you spent your life going after money and you had nobody who cared about it? How horrible would it be if you accomplished the very goal you set for your life and no one was there to celebrate it? At the end of the day, what's gonna matter the most about whether you feel good about you, happy to be alive, whether you feel blessed to be part of what, what you're doing in this earth, is going to come back to the quality of your relationships. So over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the big three. These are the three biggest topics that people have struggles with in their lives, guys. They are all relational, but the three biggest topics concerning relationships that that people need help with. And here they are, communication, sex, and money. Yes, I did say sex, and I said it in church. We're gonna talk about communication, sex, and money. So this week we're gonna talk about communication. We're gonna pause the series because next week we have Pastor Jabin Chavez preaching here, the Latino Fuego and it is gonna be a Sunday you don't wanna miss, all the way from Las Vegas. And then the week after that, we're gonna talk about, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about sex, baby. And then the week after that, we're gonna talk about money and how it impacts our relationships. First Corinthians 13, if you're excited, give me aloud, I am. I am. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse one. If I speak, if I speak, we're talking about communication. In the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, then I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that could move a mountain, but I don't have love, then I am nothing. Nothing. If I surrender my, if I, if I give all I possess to the poor and I surrender my body to the flames, but I don't have love, then I gain nothing. Nothing. I don't know about you, but those are kind of rock the world verses, right? And in this first verse, the writer says, if I can speak in the tongues of men and of angels. I, but I don't have love, then what my communication is like is like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Anybody out there, if you have a friend who has children and you don't like that person, then give their child a drum set for Christmas. There is nothing worse than a banging gong or a clanging cymbal. And the Bible says it doesn't matter. If you could light up the stage with words, if you can do what the Irish say and kiss the blinding stone, if you have the right words for every occasion, but it is only words, and that's all that it is, if there's no substance to it, if there's no depth to it, if there's no heart in it, if there's no love in it, then the Bible says it's empty. It lacks something. It's not going to achieve what you want. And at the end of the day, guys, here's the big wake-up call for all of us. There is a difference between words and communication. Wow. And if we're going to have effective relationships, if you want to have friends that last, if you want to have a marriage that's going to be blessed, if you're, married, if you're not married yet, this is so important, you listen. If you are married, then this might save you a lot of heartache. What is needed for communication to be effective is more than words. The Bible's saying if all it is is words, but there's no substance, then it is missing something. It's disingenuous, it's annoying, it's hollow. Guys, at the end of the day, what turns people off to Christianity is when a relationship becomes a religion. When people are espousing Christianity but they have no love for God in their hearts. When it's just a lot of rules or a lot of structure, but it's devoid of true substance, it doesn't make people excited. In a community and in a society, it begins to sound like a banging gong or a clashing cymbal. People are like, Will somebody shut those people up. But when you've got a living relationship, when your faith is alive, when it's not just speaking in the tongues of men and of angels, but it's a genuine love for Jesus, then it can be a sweet aroma, a sweet sound to people, right? And what we need in our lives if our relationships are going to work is more than just words. We need spirit. We need substance. There has to be love in the words. There has to be heart in the words. If we're going to communicate, we need one thing. We need authenticity. If we're going to have real relationships, then what we need, if I'm going to touch you and know you, if you're going to touch me and know me, then I have to decide I'm not just bringing my words to you, but my love to you. I'm going to bring you the real me. If we're going to have true relationship, then what we need is authenticity. Authenticity is the only way that Christianity works. Did you know that? Authenticity is the only way that relationships of any kind works. If we're going to have real relationships, we have to open up more than our mouth. We have to open up our heart. In fact, more important than an open mouth is an open heart. Some people have got a lot of words. Some people have got a few. But what makes relationship possible is not that they open their mouth to you, but that they open their heart to you. Authenticity, authenticity is what makes all relationships work. Authenticity is what makes all communication work. Authenticity is what makes communication, communication. The difference between just filling the room with my sound and actually connecting and communicating is when what I'm saying is not the veneer of me, not the facade of me, Not the Instagram, tweetable, Facebook friendly me, but the real me. What makes communication work is authenticity. Now my fear with this message and this series in our day and age is not that people go, no, John, we hate authenticity. It's that you would buy into it at only a superficial level. Because we live in an age where people love to sample words for texture. Like, oh, oh, we like that word, but we like the word awesome, but we don't actually mean awesome. The word awesome means to be filled with awe. So I say, Johnny, that's an awesome jacket. I would probably say that and mean it because the guy's a good looking individual. But at the end of the day, it is not actually an awesome jacket. I sampled that word for its texture, I'm not attached to its meaning. And in our day and age, we're like, yeah, we need authenticity. We need authenticity in government and in leaders and in, in people. But we don't really mean that. We mean like a, a dumbed down, option in, option out, Instagram friendly version of authenticity. Like I'll tell you enough about what I'm going through that you give me more likes, but not enough authenticity that you really get to know me. And listen, guys, we're living in a time more than ever before in history when people are struggling to have authentic relationships. I mean, we can unfriend people on Facebook, but we're starting to do it in real life. Marriages, 49% will end. We're struggling to get this relationship thing working. Why? We're struggling because we're struggling to work out how we can establish an authentic relationship. So tonight I wanna talk to you about how you can do more than talk in the tongues of men and of angels, but without authenticity. I wanna talk to you how how you can do more than just have a gift of prophecy, but not have a heart of love. I wanna talk to you about how you can achieve authentic relationships. Turn over with me in your Bibles and let's go to 1 John chapter one. Who who thinks someone in Near you really need to hear this talk? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. Anna is like, I'm so glad that Chris is here. Not at all. They have a perfect marriage. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. This is what the Bible says. I'm going to tell you it and then I'm going to make sense. We're going to go old school, but we're going to go new school, old school, okay? If we claim to have, to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is probably one of the most powerful relational verses in all of the Bible. Remember about God that God is relational. He said, in fact, everything I need you to know about what I want you to do in your life can be summarized in these four words, love God and love people. And that God said that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, then He is faithful and He's just, and He'll forgive us our sins, and He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. John, what is that verse saying? The verse is saying to us firstly, that if we're gonna know authentic relationship, the first thing we have to realize is that we can't claim that we have not sinned. The greatest killer of all effective communication is pride you want to kill intimacy in your relationships, you want to destroy any ability you have of meaningful and lasting friendships or any marriage that's going to be filled with joy, then just adopt a stance that sounds like this. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. The problem is not me. The Bible says if you claim that you have not sinned, put that another way, If you come before God and you say to Him, there's nothing wrong with me, then the Bible says you are deceived and there will be no truth in you. In other words, you can't have intimacy with God if you're not willing to take part of the blame. And when it comes to relationships, the greatest killer of relationships is a prideful attitude that when difficulties occur, when offenses arise, when moments happen in relationships that are suboptimal, if we're just saying, you're the problem, but there is nothing wrong with me. At that moment, know this, that relationship has very little chance of having a future. So what we have to do firstly, if we want our relationships to work, is we have to renounce pride and we have to embrace humility. Humility. Humility is that willingness within each one of us to be able to say that we are less than perfect. Humility means to be self-aware, that I'm growing in my understanding, whether I'm 14, 40, or 80, that the way I'm behaving might not be helping my friendships. That the things I'm saying and doing to another person might not be creating life on the inside of them. Humility is that willingness that we have to say, I am part of the problem. Okay, so the first thing God says is that we have to be willing to admit that there is a problem. The second thing we have to do is we have to confess our sin we have to open up our mouth and be willing to say that we are sorry. So if we want a relationship with God, we have to acknowledge firstly that there is wrongdoing in us. Guys, just remember, there's only one baby ever born with a star over its manger, and it wasn't you. Jesus is the only person who's never sinned. Everybody else in this auditorium is pretty filthy, awful, wicked, duplicious, selfish, proud, arrogant, Lustful and rude. At the end of the day, that's just true. And so there has to be, if we're gonna have a relationship with God, isn't it funny that I told you that and you laughed at it? I love that. But there has to be a willingness within us to say, God, we have actually done something wrong. And now we own up to what we have actually done. So humility enabled me to see it. And then I'm willing to confess it. And then here's the third one it's not said in the verse, but it's implicit in what the Bible is teaching that I have to be willing to repent. Yeah. I don't just say I'm sorry to God and then keep doing it. Because I'm not sorry from my heart if the intention of my heart doesn't change once I become aware of the wrong that I've done. Yeah. I'm not truly confessing my sin if I just say, my bad, and then keep doing it. Yeah. If my Confession of my sin is genuine. If I say I'm sorry and I mean it, then what the Bible is saying, I then have to take the orientation to repent means to take the direction of my life and to turn it in a different direction. I change the orientation of my life. I have to be willing to repent. So guys, not just with God, now let's talk about it in all of our relationships, both with heaven and with one another. If we want our relationships to work, here's three things that we need to embrace, three things. Now, listen, before we put them up on the screen, if you will embrace these three things, let me tell you that you've got a good shot at all of your relationships working. I'm gonna give you three keys to authentic communication that if you will embrace these three keys to authentic communication, not just as something you do once when you have one moment of difficulty in a relationship, but if you will make these virtues of your life, if you will make them daily decisions of your friendships now, your marriage now, your future marriage then, if you will make these virtues of your relationships, I promise you, Every relationship where both parties buy into these three things, it's got a very, 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 very high percentage chance that it's going to last a lifetime. Are you ready for that? They're all in this verse of Scripture. Here they are, old school Christian in your face, change your life, slap you up the chops, get you walking right with God, living the life you need to live. Here they are, number one, humility, number two, Confession and number three, repentance. These three words are as old school as Christianity gets, yet never been more relevant in a culture than they are right now. If we want our relationships to work, then we need these three humility, confession, and repentance. Same with me humility, confession, and repentance. Our first one tonight is humility. If I want my relationships with other people to work, then I need to realize that the greatest killer of my authentic communication is arrogance, closed-mindedness, and unwilling to admit that I am part of the problem. This is gonna destroy my relationships faster than anything else. It is extremely difficult to maintain relationship with anyone that cannot see that they have any shortcomings. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a drag to hang out with you if there is nothing wrong with you. Nobody likes that guy. There's nothing wrong with me will lead to a very lonely me. Listen, guys, let's get it clear tonight. No one expects you to be perfect. So it's probably best if you don't think you are. Anybody can think of five people who needed to hear that? I promise you there are names and heads right now. People would rather that we own our imperfections rather than hold to the deception that we have none. You can actually stick with people who are flawed if they're in touch with the fact that they are. It's just really hard to hang out with people who have shortcomings in their life, but they're not aware of them. And that's why the Bible is saying it's very hard for God to help you if you can't realize that you need His help. It's very hard to have authentic communication with somebody who doesn't realize that they have issues going on in their life. So when somebody comes to you, when effective communication is taken, when do we need communication skills the most? In moments of difficulty. This talk tonight is not oriented towards, shall we go to a movie? What did you do? What did you think of the All Blacks Tonga game? This is not for that. This is for moments in your friendships, in your relationship with your parents or your children, in your relationships with your spouse, where there are moments of tension. And in those moments, when somebody begins to share about what you have done, at that moment, we have a choice and it's pride or humility. James chapter 1 verse 19 is a verse of scripture that everybody needs to really get close to their hearts. Here it is. Let everyone, someone shout everyone. everyone. Whack three people and tell them God's talking to you. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone. 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 Let everyone be quick to Wow. Mind-blowing emoji, right? (laughs) Let everyone be quick to listen and slow to see. Imagine how different our relationships would be (laughs) if someone comes up and begins to share a difficulty in that relationship and rather than jumping in as fast as we can... We obeyed the Bible. Yes. <laughs> and we were quick to listen and slow to speak. We would hit our lives in a completely different direction. The Bible's saying if you want hope in your relationships, then let humility be expressed in a thought that sounds something like this. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Good. start the journey of your relational communication not with a prideful need to defend or advocate but with a humble desire to understand what the problem is help me see this issue how did that hap- how did that hurt you what could i have done better there is something wrong with me listen I've been pastoring people for 27 years full-time. That's a little bit of my life. (laughs) In every relational challenge I've ever talked with people, it has never been only one person that caused the problem. Not always is the problem 50-50. Sometimes it's 60-40, 70-30. I've seen it all the way down to 90, 10. To be honest, I think really more like 20, 80. But it is always two people who are part of the problem. And if we want our relationships to work, then we're not jumping in with this is what you did. We're jumping in with this is what I need to hear. Humility, humility, humility. I am part. Of the problem. Oh, my Lord, this is so simple, but isn't it life-changing? Okay, first thing I need is humility. The second thing that I need is confession. That in my relationships, if I want them to work, I've got to be willing to admit when I am wrong. For some people, this is not easy stuff. I mean, actually be able to say that you've done something wrong can be a very difficult thing to do. But if you want relationships that are going to work, yeah. then pump this skill as hard yeah. as you can. Yeah. The loneliest person in the world is the one who can't admit their shortcomings. Wow. You can't have a relationship with God if you aren't willing to admit that you're less than perfect. Yeah. And the Bible is saying you can't really have intimate Relationships, authentic communication with anyone. If you can't learn to say these two magical relational words. I'm sorry. I think we need to have a group practice session right now. Come on, one, two, three. I'm sorry. Say it again. I'm Sorry. You probably need to turn it to the person next to you. You know the one, just turn to them right now. Let's practice, one, two, three. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. These two words are gonna change so much about relational communication challenges if people are just able to admit when they have done wrong. Yeah. Wow. Guys, listen, let me just tell you tonight. I mean, Jillian tells me all the time, John, you should have been named Peter and not John. Because, and the reason why is because I'm, I jump in there all the time, like both feet, yeah. making big stuff ups. I literally live my life with the latest thing that I stuffed up saying out loud that I probably shouldn't have, it is always one that is alive in here. I did something just yesterday that is just reverberating in my head. But at the end of the day, it is people don't stick with you because you never make a mistake. People stick with you because when you do, you're big enough, you're mature enough, you've got enough inner strength, that you'll just be willing to say, help me, I'm sorry. A lot of people would like to come back to you if you'd say those words. A lot of people that have walked away from you in your life would be willing to embrace you again if you'd be willing to humble yourself and confess the wrong that you've done. I promise you. Let this be a seed of encouragement for somebody out there that if you'd be willing to say, I'm sorry, it could change the game yeah. in your relational life. And listen, let me tell you this as well. The first person to apologize is the bigger person. Yeah. I'm not looking to wait for you. Even if it's 90-10, yeah. if I did 10% and you did 90, I'm not waiting for you to apologize first. That is called obfuscating, and listen, God is in charge of what happens next with them, but you are in charge of what happens next with you. You can't change other people's actions, but you can change your reactions. So what God wants us to do is you own you, I own me. And if I've done wrong, then I don't need to worry about whether you're able to own up to it, because it's not—it's not on me whether you embrace me, but it is on me whether I live an authentic me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In marriage, by the way, guys, you go first. I want to challenge every lie. You're not supposed to say anything there. This is just because Talks works with so many guys and he shared it with Lai. It's not actually Talks, it's other men that liars. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm joking with you. I'm the best people? We love you so much. We love you. We love you. You've got to have somebody you can have fun with. But there are far too many men waiting for their wife to apologize first. Why would you obfuscate leadership in a relationship and then hope you can get it back later? When you weren't willing to be mad enough and own up for your own shortcomings. Okay, all right, let's move on. (laughs) Humility, confession, here's our third one, repentance. Repentance means that at the moment that I realize that what I've done is wrong and the moment I'm willing to open up and begin to articulate it, authentic communication has to have a final step. And the final step is that I take my passion and my heart and what I'd like to do and I turn it in another direction. Don't think for a moment repentance means that you'll never blow it again. That is not the case. But people aren't looking at whether you keep a blemish-free record. They're looking at whether you're trying. They're looking at whether your heart is to do different, to do better. We're not going to judge you, walk away from you, quit on you if you try really hard and still make mistakes. But we're going to quit on a person who is saying, my bad, and has no heart to change. We need to be willing to Firstly, humble ourselves and see our shortcomings. Secondly, we need to be big enough that we can confess it and say, I'm sorry. And thirdly, we have to take our heart, our life direction. And I consciously turn from the wrong and I seek to do what is good. Let me say it again. I consciously turn from what is wrong and I seek to do what is good. So what do I do if I stuff up again? I ask for forgiveness again. I humble myself and I own it. I don't get frustrated that you brought it up again. If I've done it, I own it. If I've done it, I own it. If I've done it, I own it. I'm not proud, I'm humble. I'm not arrogant, I'm approachable. I'm not closed. I'm open. Oh, you might hate it, you might be angry with it, but I'm just telling you, you're making a decision. Will you give in to your arrogance and your pride or will you posture yourself in humility? Sometimes if you want your relationships to work, you've got to walk through a valley that is uncomfortable and difficult to get out to the intimacy that you so crave. And I just got to keep doing it. Humility. And then I'm sorry and I'm going to do better. I'm sorry and I'm going to do better. Yep, tell me again. I'm sorry, and I'm gonna do better. Friends, this is what it means to be a person that achieves authentic relationships. By the way, I just need to give you something. There's a freebie in here. This is not only how you achieve authentic relationships, I'm teaching you right now how you deal with any habitual sin. What do you mean, John? What I mean is that many people have in their lives sins that are deeply ingrained, like temptations and lusts and desires that are so deeply ingrained that they are drawn towards it like a moth towards a flame. Don't think that just because you sinned once and then said sorry to God that you're never going to struggle with that sin again. It's just an unrealistic expectation. It happens maybe 5% of the time, but the majority of the time, people are gonna struggle to work that habitual sin out of their lives. So this is the way it works with God, and at a superficial level, at an intimate level, it's the way it works in all human relationships. If that's the line of my sin, I walk towards it like a moth to a flame, I commit the sin, and then three days later, I finally say, God, I'm sorry, and I repent, and I turn my life in a different direction. But next time I see it, drawn like a moth to a flame, two days later, I'm sorry, God, repent, and I head in a different direction. Then the next time it happens, it's one day, sorry, God. and I. T- but I don't quit. I don't feel God hates me. God doesn't change the way He treats you. He's faithful and He's just. He'll forgive your sin and He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I just keep coming back to Him. But every time I come back to Him, then one magical day, you're gonna be actually approaching the sin and you go, no, I'm sorry, God, and I walk back. And eventually in your life, you're gonna be drawn towards it. And while it's just fought in here, you'll turn away and you'll head back in the direction. And believe it or not, you just broke a cycle that may have held your life captive for five, 10 or 20 years. That's the way you change your relationships. That's the way we break our cycles. It's just by being willing to walk in humility, confess our sin and repent and go in another direction. Somebody give God some praise. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on. Just jump up to your feet tonight. Band can come and join me. Oh man, I want to pray tonight for our relationships because this is what I'm aware. When I'm preaching a message like this, there's a lot of people that are giving finding in their heart a lot of pain. If you weren't here last Sunday morning, please grab the podcast, go on YouTube, just check it out. Because the the closing verse of the Old Testament is a prophecy about Jesus. And this is what it says. It says about Jesus that He will turn the hearts of the fathers towards their children. And the hearts of the children towards their fathers. I don't know if you capture that. That the Bible is saying that Jesus is coming to help our relationships get fixed. So God cares about whatever relationship is broken in your life. And there are people all over this room tonight who right now, as I've been talking, there's been some pain in some relationship. Maybe it's a friend that you feel really distanced from. Maybe it is a father, or maybe it is a son. Maybe it's in a marriage for some of the mature people in this room your marriage feels like it's just tense. Well, I'm gonna pray because I believe that God's gonna do some miracles in relationships during September. I really believe as we're we're talking about, come on, anybody believe God can do a miracle with somebody? I'm believing God's gonna do miracles in our relationships. And if you're here tonight and you need a miracle in your relationships, then I want you to receive this prayer tonight, believing that God can and He will do something amazing. Let's close our eyes. If you're believing for something in in a relationship in your life, it might be a friend at school, it might be a peer dynamic, it might be a, a, a parental relationship, it might be a spousal relationship, It might be a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but you just reach out right now. And Father, in the Name of Jesus, I thank You that You came to heal our relationships, that You care about the people that are in our world. You want us to walk in wholeness and walk in life. So Holy Spirit, I ask You, come into this room, come into every life. Lord, work miracles. You said You gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So in the Name of Jesus, I'm believing, Lord, that You would stitch relationships back together, mend us up, heal our brokenness, restore us, Lord, help us to find freedom in You, to have the the, the humility we need and the courage we need. Lord, the heart that we need in the mighty Name of Jesus, I declare healing for every single relationship in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said come on let's give God some praise in this place tonight. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at John Cameron NZ